0: Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 34 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I am joined by the beautiful and very talented Miss Sam Mutuma, the founder and director of social media think tank Social. Sam is an ex rugby union player, and basically through her own injury, found out the importance of social media and how it can not only help herself as an athlete, but also for brands. Um, Over the last couple of years, pretty much the last ten years, she's built her awesome business um, think tank Social into coming into one of Australia's largest and leading social media agency for athletes. So I do highly recommend that you guys grab a pen and paper because Sam dropped some awesome helpful hints for you guys today as she shares with you how to grow your social media followers and the importance of branding and how that can benefit not only yourself but also for your sponsor. So without any further ado, please welcome Sam. Thank you, okay, Sam. So well, welcome to the show. Thanks, Belinda. Excited to be here. Yes, very excited to hear. And about your story, how did you get started into working with athletes and and especially into social media?
1: Oh, you know what? Um, I used to be a PE teacher back in the day in London um, and just love working with kids. And I just love being able to educate kids to kind of see an opportunity in sport. Um, And I came over here um, over 10 years ago um, with a PE teaching background. And um, I used to play rugby for England and came over here, fell in love with Melbourne, just so much opportunity, went back and played a game of rugby and broke my leg um, in two, and basically that was a blessing in disguise because this is how I got into social media. I never – I don't think there was really too many roles out there at the time. This was back in 2008, and I'd heard of Twitter and I'd heard a YouTube, and I thought, you know, with a, with a broken leg from my – you know, the, the cast was from my hip to my toe, what can I do with it? Yeah, I just – Thought one day it was weird, it just came into my head. I'm gonna get businesses to try and bid for advertising space on my broken leg. The top four I'm gonna paint on there. The hospital weren't very pleased when they had to take it off. <laughs> but um the top. Four bidders would go on my leg and and we could go from there and I can make some money. And so um, I did the really poor video on YouTube because I thought, well, I need to film it. Where's a place to hold it? And then once I did that, I thought, how am I going to get that out there? And I knew that Twitter back then was very popular. um, And I basically shared the video on Twitter to people that had a bigger following than me. And I said to them, you know, if you think this is going to add value to your community, can you just share away or retweet? And they did. And the next day I woke up and I had 27,000 views on my YouTube channel, which was pretty big back then, um, and 6,000 Twitter followers. And I just knew that there was something in social media, you know, coming from an educational background and helping people get what they want. You know, I niched into it. And so where athletes come in to answer your question is, Fast forward 10 years down the track and we've been working with predominantly brands. I kind of saw a gap in the market where athletes, you know, people love watching athletes, right? Like they're the cream, they're resilient, they've got great stories and a lot of athletes, um, I saw there to be an opportunity to storytell, to make money from brands by helping the brand storytell, by able to set themselves up for transition post-sporting career, but ultimately as well to be able to understand a little bit about who they are and what they stand for, not just around, I'm a professional motocross driver or drifter, um, I'm Jake Jones and I'm great at video editing and I'm great at Copy. And so these types of things. And so over the last couple of years, we've been attracting athletes that want to grow their own personal brands and not only to make money from their personal brand, but to obviously give back, educate people around the sport make sure that they can increase more participation in the sport. So, yeah, every athlete that comes to us has a different reason of why. So that's how I got into it. <laughs> you? Cut a long story short.
0: <laughs> no, what an interesting story. So I do have some questions. Um, back um, when you did break your leg, um, did you have a lot of followers? Obviously, you said you made those riches by reaching out to other high-profile athletes and brands. But you personally, um, at that time, I mean, you said that you auctioned off your leg, the top four brands. Yeah. Um, did you have that the following to, to get that momentum happening?
1: No, I didn't. I had a very small following. I think on Twitter, maybe I had a couple of hundred. Um, I was really intrigued by Twitter then, just understanding how I could build networks. Um, and on YouTube, I don't think I even had a subscriber base. It ultimately came from the fact that back then, the space was a lot easier to gain traction and cut through. And I had a good idea and I sold it. Well, not sold it. I got other people's attention to share it who had a big following, including one of them was Darren from the BBC and that's what really lifted me back in the UK. Um, and ultimately, yeah, overnight it started to snowball and people thought it was an interesting concept at the time and then I started to grow my follower base off the back of that.
0: And do you mind if I ask, how much were the brands paying for your leg? Yeah, <laughs> how all much up for leg space? <laughs> Yeah,
1: like all up I got about three and a half thousand pounds back then. But yeah, I can't remember the breakdown, but I should go go away and dig it up. But yeah, I was absolutely surprised around um, how we were we managed to generate that amount of money. When I say we, my friend Amy, she was helping me at the time. But anyway,
0: yeah. And so obviously, that that's your life in the last ten years. And what were you doing prior to two thousand and eight and playing rugby for the UK?
1: Yeah, I was I was a secondary school PE teacher. Yeah, and I loved it. Um, I I stuck in it for four years and then just got the traveling bug and came over here and saw that Australia was a land of opportunity, right? You didn't have to work so hard. And when you did, you could propel forward so much quicker. Um, So I fell in love with this country and and set myself up here and moved from secondary school PE teaching into um, wanting to understand a little bit more around human psychology. So I I studied a cert three and four in NLP and life coaching to understand how I could better help people move from here to here. Um, And then off the back of that broken leg, I just rolled that out into digital. Yeah. yeah. How can I help a brand capture the attention of an audience? How can I help an athlete grow their follower base and engage an audience?
0: So you don't really have a marketing background.
1: No, I've learned (laughs) it. I think it's a good thing. I've literally learned it from grassroots level, but ultimately it comes down to how can I help a brand or a person get what they want through these channels using specific words and content. So yeah, you, obviously, marketing has um, a huge role in, in that. But ultimately, if you're just curious and hungry to learn, you can build that up over time anyway. And so I have.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well done. Um, so you are the founder of um, Think Tank so- Social. Sorry. And um, what services do you guys provide?
1: Sure. Well, um, we're... Um, yeah. Yeah, we're a social media agency, so we pretty much provide social media services to um, personal brands, be it an athlete, a founder, a CEO, a board member, so someone that wants to grow individually, um, or a brand themselves, um, which ultimately is to sell product or a service but more educate the consumer make people aware of the brand and what they stand for and lastly which is beautiful is that we'll pull an athlete in that has a follower base that the brand wants to get in front of and we'll merge the two together as part of a campaign so the types of services are like we'll consult with people so people will come to us and go how do i grow a following or how do i engage my users more how do i get more money from brands and so we'll consult with them and put together a strategy. The same with brands and other times it's like coming up creative ways to be able to um, yeah, really sell a service or product. So we'll do the video production, the copywriting, the editing, the marketing, the advertising, everything that goes within that as well. So yeah. it's kind of like a sliding scale of services.
0: Yeah. And so it kind of is like a marketing agency.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. And like we look at ourselves now as not yeah. just social media, we look at the business and we – we will always be like, what does this individual want to achieve or the brand? We don't go social first. Like even though we're a social agency and we know that's a strong channel, it's ultimately what does this person want to achieve and how can we find a way for social or other partners to assist this person to get from where they are to where they want to be, whether it's to attract a sponsorship, again, whether it's to, um, to cross-promote with another brand, whether it's to retain their sponsorship or ambassadorship over another two years. Yeah, so it's not just social, it's, it's business.
0: Yeah, it's a business strategy about, yeah. about the athlete and their brand. Correct, yeah. And so you do work with um, the drifter from South Australia, Jack Jones. So can you oh, yeah. tell us um, what type of work do you do with him?
1: Oh, mate, he is. He's like the dream client. He's enthusiastic. He's got personality. He's got drive. He works hard. He's talented. He's ambitious. Um, and so he came to us and he said, look, I want to be doing this full time. He's a hustler. Mm-hmm. I can't right now because I don't have the time available and sometimes the expertise. So he basically brought us on board to represent him. Um, he ha- he's already in conversations with brands, but because he's not got the time to be able to, I suppose, think about the campaign ideas and how they can better use him to bring about, I suppose, more returns to them, whether it's increasing their email database selling more product. Um, Yeah, he came to us and just said, look, I don't need help in growing me. Um, It will be nice off the back of the brand, but I need help in being able to put me in as a solution to this brand to help them achieve their marketing and advertising goals. And so we've been working with him now for the last three months, talking with probably eight different brands around how Jake can help them basically market their product or service to the consumer at the same time, leveraging Jake's audience and theirs. And and it's exciting. He's, it's exciting what we're doing. The brands are excited. It's a different approach. It's more storytelling. He's got a trusted audience. Yeah. So yeah. And we're always just pushing him and making him accountable to continuously keep growing and believing that he, he can be full time. and, And this is the money we need. And these are the brands that we can help. And this is ultimately what's going to help him. So we're a bit like a a partner, not a life coach, but you're a mentor, a go-to.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned previously, um, Jake does a lot of videoing. And I think that obviously that's his main thing. That's definitely how I know him through LinkedIn. Um, So is that his strongest uh, platform that he utilizes is YouTube and, and video?
1: yeah so yeah he 's definitely into video and he 's got a very, very highly engaged youtube audience that 's probably his strongest channel and off the back of that, he leverages LinkedIn to build up uh, the relationships with brands, obviously Instagram as well behind the scenes um, so he 's got like over two hundred and eight thousand um, total audience, and they are highly engaged and so what puts him in front of in front of um, a brand very nicely is he has that audience that they want to market to, but he has a story and he's got his own video editing productions on the side. And so a brand can just come in and integrate in with that. Um, and ultimately where we come in is to measure it and show the brand the returns.
0: Yeah. And obviously and can, just be that relationship between Jake and the partner as well.
1: Correct. Yeah. And I think as, as, as Jake as well, you not, oh God, he's super professional, but I think you kind of get taken a little bit different when you speak to a brand and, you know, Jake's like, I'll put you onto my social media agency and then the brand's like, well, hang on a minute. And then you can talk the language of the brand that sometimes the athlete doesn't really know how to, or I suppose the words they need to choose to use to get the information out. So it's yeah, and
0: it's, yeah it's the same as us as motivate management. That's the exactly a oh, similar role that what, what we do here with the, the most foot drivers as well. It's just being that, I guess, I call it the relationship manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, type role is like, yep, the boys can drive or the girls can drive and, and we can look after the business side for of of them. Exactly you also work with Miss Caroline Buchanan Um, and she's just recently uh, released a child's book. Um, So that's a little bit different. So tell us how that came about. And um, obviously Caroline's had a few injuries or a massive accident last year. Was that the driving point behind her writing the children's book or was she already writing this before it got started? And what kind of role have you played with that?
1: Great question. Caroline is probably the most resilient person I've ever met. she is dynamo and she has, she has vision, she has clarity, she has, she was ultimately, she was looking at, if I get injured, what can I do? Where do I want to take my career post, you know, my BMX career? So she was already future pacing and so where we came in was, and we worked together with her and she came up with a lot of the ideas was, I want to do this, I want to develop this website, I want to do this book. And so it was quite timely um, when, she, when she got injured that she had other plans to refocus and push forward on, and you know she's always wanted to write a girl's book. Um, I think she went to buy a book for her niece a while back, and she couldn't find one in sport, and that was you know that very young, um, I suppose young age group. And so she was like, you know what, it's not out there, and build it. Um, and really get it out to yeah new audiences. Being able to get you know the mums with the daughters or the sons to be able to take pictures of the book, give it reviews. So really using that user generated content to get it out there as opposed to Caroline being the main face and driver of it. So um, yeah, we made it a little bit more fluid for her, so she didn't have to spend as much time on it all the time. Yeah, the resources in think tank were used to do that. So ultimately, she relies on us or leans on us. The things that she doesn't have time to do, the things that she wants to do where we bring in our expertise and think outside the box of how she can do it if in ways that are going to be able to yeah, help her get some more money in her pocket while she's not riding.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, she's had to have another bout of surgery the end of last year and pretty much for the next 12 months just to have a rest. So I saw on LinkedIn she was asking for yeah for
1: 2019.
0: Are those opportunities something that you'll be helping her with or just purely you're working on the book at the moment?
1: No, no, we're, we're across the board with thing about Caroline. She's such a good listener and so when she put out What Else Should I Do?, Caroline's a really good listener. She's not just a publisher and a pusher out of content. And so, um, yeah, I think people have come back and said, oh, why don't you do a barista course or why don't you look at cooking? And so she's gone away and done those things. She's gone on a ret- retreat. She's done a barista course. She's gone and done a cooking courses. So she's, she's always learning and green and growing and looking outside of not, – it's not just about BMX. It's about her life and how she can be even more rounded. Um, and it's – yeah, She's unfortunately injured, but she's, she's never stops. She's just keeps going.
0: Keeps going, yeah. Well, I did extend the olive tree for her to be a guest on the oh, yeah. Um to talk about. I'm sure resilience. she'd love to <laughs> to come on to talk about resilience. I, I think that should be a great um, mentor for a, a lot of competitors. Um, certainly coming back from an accident and from all her setbacks that she has in her career. Obviously going back to the Olympics as well. Um, yeah. So oh, we'll see what happens there. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yes. You can come on board. We'll have a word with her. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Give them um, back. Thanks. And so, Sam, you do sound very passionate about your role um, and the industries that you are working in. What do you love most about working social media with athletes and brands?
1: It's never... You can't predict all the time. So you've always got to think outside the box creatively. How do we work with a brand that's got an audience that you want to get in front of? How do we start to leverage um, when LinkedIn bring out stories? How do we do that? So with the brand and the athlete, like especially with the athlete and the the personal brand, you're working with people. And so passionate people that have got drive and vision and you can come along and help them. Like nothing beats that because you're progressing, you're learning, you're seeing them have momentum and you feel good about it as well because you're helping them get to their next level, which is enabling you to have momentum as well. And so I love about social is the people, the opportunity, the changing landscapes and the constantly needing to upskill and educate and ultimately seeing at the end of the day, a smile on an athlete or personal brand space or a marketing manager to go, I've met my KPIs. I've got some more money in the bank. I've, I've helped, I've actually influenced um, three young kids to now move into motorsport because of this video. Um, there's so much colour to it. And, yeah, I'll always love it because it's, it's always going to have people. It's not so much about the technology.
0: No, of course not. And is there a certain point in the athlete's journey that they should actually outsource to a social media agency? Do you think? Like is it a matter of once they hit so many followers or is it once they're at a certain point within their career? Uh, is there an ideal time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it really depends on what they want to get out of it. Um, I don't believe, and we don't with Caroline, we don't take over her content. She does it. We give her advice and recommendations on themes and um, ideas of content. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think that athlete should do that unless it's a part of a campaign where a brand's expecting a certain amount of content over a certain amount of time to help them to drive their, their database will increase it but um yeah it's, it comes down to the athlete a lot of the ones that we work with like they're, they're on a retainer so they have a certain amount of hours and then they'll say okay this is where i want my hours to go this month um, but we'll have a roadmap and strategy that we follow and um, and we'll just say well, this is what we're focusing on this month it's around confidence and so we're going to do one post with this brand you're going to do some i don't win a mentor session around confidence with like we come up with that stuff together as a team and um, so Honestly, it's an individual choice that an athlete could have. I mean, like Jake, 208000 before he met us, um, and he was doing just fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Level around gaining more income and, and up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like you said before, he was wanting to make it into a full-time career and hopefully give up his other work to pursue his motorsport dreams.
1: Yep. And that will happen, uh, without a doubt. I will, we'll go, yeah, we'll go hard with him and want we'll to always find a way to make it happen. And that's, what, again, that's why I love social because you've just got to think outside the box and make this work for this person. If they're working hard their end, you need to find other ways to bring that money in and, and sell him in a way that he can get top dollar for his content because he deserves it.
0: Yeah, so basically, uh, Sam, so you work with them to become influential marketers, really?
1: Pretty much, yeah. And a lot, a lot of them... I even said to Jake the other day, I said, mate, want, you know, you've got a role here at Think Tank because you're getting them to think around how they can portray themselves in the digital world to ultimately sell themselves in a meaningful way. And, and they pick up skills over time. Like we're working with the rugby union player at the moment and he goes, when I leave rugby, i want to move into social. Yeah. And But he's picking up the skills as he goes. So it's like an always online course yeah. at the same time for them.
0: Yeah, and Sam, do you have any recommendations on starting out building a social media strategy or plan? So a lot of our listeners are like in the beginner to amateur motorsport fields. Yeah. Um, what kind of recommendations is it? Um, each quarter I put out a free just like template of the upcoming quarter for them to try and um, add their content around, you know, different kind of posts and videos. Um, yeah. What's your recommendations on, on doing things like that?
1: Yeah, like ultimately they need to know why they're on social. So... What do they want to get out of it? Do they want to earn more money? Do they want to grow another side business off of it? Do they want to be able to increase more people into motorsport? Like, for what purpose are they on there? And once you understand that, it really then drills down into who am I and what do I stand for? So before you even start rolling out onto the channels, you need to understand what type of persona do I want to put out? You know, who who do I want to be following me? And who's my target market? What value am I going to add to them to keep them coming back? And once you start to answer those questions, you can set your goals and objectives for the year. Um, So it could be 12 months from now, I want to to work with XYZ brands. I want to bring in an additional $100,000. 12 months from now, I want to be able to grow my following and also engage my followers by 10%. 12 months from now, I want to get a website up because the purpose of the website is I'm into speaking and I want to do more speaking gigs. So once you understand what you want, you work it back and go, if I want to get there, this is what I need to do, month one, two, three. The way that we'll do it is under content pillars or themes. So three themes. Okay, let's look at the first one, inspirational. How do I inspire through, let's say, Instagram right now or through LinkedIn? What type of content do I need to do there to actually get people to find me? And in the inspirational phase as well, how, who can I cross-promote with? Who's got a bigger following me that we can, like, merge together to produce some content, and maybe I do a takeover on their Instagram account and they do one of mine? So that's where you flesh out what goes into that section. And once people are aware of you, then you move into how do I educate them? What type of content do I put out there? And how can I start to ask questions about what they want from me? And, again, it could be Facebook Lives. It depends on what it is that they want, but that's when you flesh out how am I going to educate And lastly, transact, you know, how am I going to either build a database? How am I going to get more money? What are some of the things that I can do, um, again, just to to monetize my following? And that could be around campaigns and competitions, working with a brand to do a giveaway, so much stuff. So, yeah, you work it into content buckets and themes, and then um, you look at your schedule. So, where are my audience? Okay, I'm going to focus on LinkedIn because I want to attract the corporate and I'm going to focus on Instagram because I know that that's one of the fastest growing channels right now um, and it's very relevant within my sport. So I'm going to focus on these two channels as a phase one to help me get to where I want to be.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for all that information. There's lots of tips that I hope everyone was writing some notes. If not, press pause, replay, grab your paper and um, start writing it all down. Thanks for that, Sam. So we... Touchbase base before about being a micro-influencer. How big is micro-influencers now versus being an actual influencer, especially in such a niche market as mm. sports?
1: Yeah, they're really powerful. There's actually something called a nano-influencer as well, which is even smaller. So um, with some of the brands we work, we've, sometimes we put aside the influencers, you know, the big celebs, the ones that have 450,000 followers, and we look at those smaller, you know, 15,000 to even 1,000 followers um, that are highly engaged. And so that's the beauty about being a micro-influencer. You have more of a trusted following because they love you, they respect you, they would walk through fire for you. Whereas sometimes you look at a celeb and it's just meh. there's followers there, but sometimes they're a little bit fake or not real. Um, so the power of the micro-influence right now is really taking off. And if you can show if you wanted to work with a brand, for example, how you engage with those audiences, and um, that's really, really attractive.
0: Yeah, and I know this question may seem simple to ask, but still there's a lot of people that aren't on social media. How important is it to be on social media, especially when you are trying to build your brand, to grow your awareness, to gain sponsorship and things like that?
1: Yeah, look, if you want to grow your awareness and build your brand, it's, it's, a, it's an absolute must. However, you have to ensure that you're committed to it and if you're not then i mean you'll be seen as doing it a bit half-assed so if you move on to social media you have to own it you have to put the time effort in and you have to have a strategy of how you're going to bring in more sponsorships endorsement deals speaking opportunities yeah you have to take it seriously
0: and do you think they need to be on every platform, especially if they're starting it out? And how do you, the competitors identify which platform is going to be best for them when it comes to building their own brand?
1: Yeah, it depends on the audience, again, that they want to engage with. So predominantly these days, Instagram is pretty much the go-to. Facebook is great if you've got some money to put behind your posts, but most athletes don't tend to. So Instagram is a really great place to start because it has a wide range of audiences. However, if you're after that corporate, um, then I may even put Instagram to the side and go, I'm looking at a LinkedIn strategy here. I'm going to look at, these are the brands I want to work with. Let me connect up with the marketing managers and go into a conversation with them a little bit about like making awareness of how I can help them grow their brand, their awareness and vice versa. The other good thing is that um, with a lot of our athletes, we develop media kits. And Mm -hmm. so what that will show is, you know a little bit of who they are, what they stand for, their vision, an audience breakdown. Um, it will also give them yeah the follower base, the engagement, and countries. So it gives a brand a lot. So again, if you want that opportunity to work with brands, I'd be looking on LinkedIn and building up these conversations with these types of people, which is very easy to do. I do it for my own business with brands and marketing managers. But have that to, is something to send them and then come up with some ways that. Once you understand what it is that they want or what they want to achieve, how can you help them get there and vice versa? Yeah,
0: I love LinkedIn. I think we connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> um, choice. And it
1: gets overlooked by athletes. Yeah. I, reckon, I said to one of my, uh, the guys the other day I was speaking with, I went, someone needs to own LinkedIn. An athlete needs to just niche and own that channel. And then they can, off the back of that, just show how they've grown on LinkedIn. And that's a side business in itself. And then they could go into consultancy around social if it's something they love. You know, there's so many ways that you can scale that.
0: Yeah, I say Tom blue in the face, Sam, but everyone needs to be on LinkedIn. So I'm yeah. glad you've echoed my words. Um, yeah. so thank you for that. Now, Sam, you have given us lots of recommendations and resources, but there is a lot of information out there when it does come to social media about getting started. Um, do you have any, um, like, online resources or books or anything that um, athletes could access um, to further grow their brand and learn more about branding themselves online?
1: Yeah, great question. So we've got a video module series coming out um, in a couple of months' time. Um, but, but, yeah, but, but for now, um, I think, like, some of the resources that will really help them um, is and there's an app called uh, Rev- um, Review. And um, also, yeah, give me one sec. I mean, there's so many resources out there to help you be more efficient with your time and be able to plan. But, um, sorry, the app's called Preview. Uh, it's a really good app where you can upload content. You can It's on your mobile phone. You can slide it around. Um, you can write your copy in there. It will find specific hashtags relevant to your copy so you don't have to think about it. And then you can basically schedule it in for the time that you want for it to go out. So over the next month, let's say, you know, you've got three events, a speaking gig, and you, your, your theme is confidence. You can start to pull that content in, drag and drop what's going to go out on what days, and then let it go.
0: Fantastic, thank you for that. I do have one more other question. I know that a lot of the athletes I believe they're introverts, and they're all not Jake Joneses and love being on video. Yeah, but we know that video is the way to go forward in social media. Is it okay for the guys to showcase more so behind the scenes videos versus to them being on the front of? the camera, um, because I think that's a lot of the challenges that the competitors come up against. They're like, oh. Oh, I don't want to do video, I hate talking, I don't want to be in front of it. Quite often say, like, it's okay to showcase, like, maybe your car and you can just do the voiceover in the background if you're not confident. Uh, are things like that okay to do when you're starting out in order to build your confidence?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, look, it's, you could choose a channel of choice. So it could be, for example, that you want to grow, like, for example, with you, you might want to do, not you, but what you're doing in terms of podcasts you know, some athletes might not want to be in front of the camera, but they're great with their voice. And so being able to do podcast shows or being able to actually be guests on podcast shows could be good. Absolutely behind the scenes. Um, we were speaking with Meg Lan- Lanning, who is um, the women's cricket captain of Australia, and she's quite introverted. And so she said, I don't want to put myself out on camera. No problem. How can we showcase what you're doing, but then actually get other people to to come involved as well so behind the camera outwardly facing um, and there's other ways like you may be a good writer so you can express it through more of um, an article so there's, there's options and there's no right way you've got to feel comfortable doing it and the more comfortable you are um, the more you'll go forward with it and then you can start taking little risks and putting yourself out of your comfort zone and going all right I'm just going to do one Facebook live um, a month or a year. <laughs>
0: Yes, I totally agree. So thank you for that insight. I know you did mention that Think Tank has a video series coming up. What else is planning for Think Tank in 2019? Anything else exciting? Any workshops or anything?
1: Yes, yeah, so there's lots of workshops, which is great. So we're working with like a lot of organisations now that are putting these workshops on for their athletes. Um, we're also running our own individual ones, like smaller events, and online webinars around personal branding. Um, And it's just for us, it's just about, yeah, helping our clients continuously get what they want, inspiring and opening the eyes up to other athletes to go, look, this is possible, but this is what you need to do to get there. And we've got a lot more content that's going to be being released as well. Our website went live two days ago. Uh, So, yeah, we're just ultimately innovating the game and just wanting to work with the right partners to help them to get where they want to be.
0: Sounds fantastic. And what is the new website address?
1: Oh, thinktanksocial.com.au. Very
0: good. Well, I do appreciate your time today, Sam. Um, do you actually follow motorsports yourself?
1: Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to a little bit more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Um, Do you have a favourite racetrack now that you've only just started? Or <laughs> I'll ask the question of what's your favourite sport then?
1: Oh, I, I could answer both them. then. I oh, you. <laughs> With the racetrack, I think Monaco, you know, I'd love to go there. The glitz, the glamour, the just being able to experience everything there is there. That would probably be the place I'd love to go. And in terms of my favourite sport, I just like being active, you know, whether it's running, going to the gym, trying new things, just making sure you're raising your heart rate every day and getting that serotonin release. Yeah. So anything. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Sam. We'll put all your details in today's show notes and um, definitely let us know when that video course is coming out. We'll be happy to promote that.
1: Thank you so much, Belinda. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank Go
0: you. get them, guys. Yeah, bye. <laughs> See ya.